Okay, if you have your Bibles, let's go to John chapter 6. You know, Jesus says this. He says, the devil came to kill, steal, and destroy. He reveals his plan. He says that's the purpose that he exists and that's why he came. He came to kill, steal, and destroy. But then he says, but I came. But I came to give you life. And not just life but life more abundantly. See, when he gives life, it does not just stop somewhere on internal life. No, he gives life more than you expected, more than you thought about. It's more. When Jesus comes in your life, he gives life, and if that life comes more than abundantly in, in us. And it starts now on this planet, on this earth. When we're walking, when we're having fellowship, this life starts in us now. Why? Because Jesus himself came and he already gave his life for us. So you and I can have a life. Chapter 6 verse 53. Then Jesus said to them, Most surely I say to you, unless you eat the flesh of the Son of Man and drink his blood, you have no life in you. See, for us, when we accept Jesus, when we receive life, for the life in us to be manifested, there's something that we have to do. There's something that you and I, we have to do. Because Jesus says, if you won't do that, you will not have life in you. In other words, you will never see my life manifesting in your life. See, when we think about life, it's not just us breathing this air, walking, uh, eating, smelling, uh, doing things. Uh, it's not that. All this is good, but there's something more than Jesus was talking about. He's talking about the life that he gave us through his sacrifice. The life that came to us. The life that resurrected us. The life that gives, that, gives, uh, that starts in us and it continues to, through the whole eternity. Life. Jesus says this, the kingdom of God is so near you. It's so near you. He says this, that it's actually in you. The kingdom of God is in you. And what is the kingdom of God? The kingdom of God is, is what? Righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Ghost. That's, that's the kingdom of God. That's the life of God that he gives us and now with his life. But for us to, to begin to experience everything that he promised us, everything that he already gave to us, there's something you and I that we have to do constantly and remind ourselves. And the simple act of partake in his communion. And I see there's several reasons what happens and what makes or what stops this life in us and why we don't experience the life that Jesus promised through the communion. 
See, it's not, Jesus says, every time you do that, do this in remembrance of me. Every time, every time we do that, we have to remember the cross. We have to remember the broken body. We have to remember the blood that was shed for us. It's, it's your responsibility and my responsibility to remember. Do everything that is possible to remember. And for us to begin to remember there's something that we have to let go. So our mind stay focused and clear on the things that he already done for us it's my responsibility and if and if something's not working out I have to put some and I have to begin to pray and say Holy Spirit help me I can't remember this what you've done for me it's been fade away I don't remember exactly what you've did for me but I want to walk in the fullness of what you've done for me so help me Holy Spirit to walk into it so I can walk in life that you promised to me so I can walk in righteousness so I could be in peace so I can experience the joy that you gave me Holy Spirit help me Holy Spirit remind me of the cross Holy Spirit remind me what Jesus done specifically for me this is your responsibility and my responsibility and we should should desire this so we can remember every time Jesus says every time when you do this do this in remembrance of me don't do it just because it's, it's, a, it's a casual thing to do. Don't do it because it's once, once a month thing to do. Don't do it because it's a religious thing to do. Don't do it because everybody's doing it. No, do it so you can remember what I've done for you in Jesus' name. Do this because there's life in it. There's power in it. See, Malachi, prophet Malachi, uh, or God speaks through the prophet. He says this. A son honors his father and a servant his master. If then I am the father, where is my honor? And if I am the master, where is my reverence? Says the Lord of hosts. To you priests who despise my name, yet you say, in what way have we despised your name? You offered, you offer defiled food on my altar by saying in what way have we defiled you by saying the table of the Lord is contemptible see when when the table of the Lord becomes something casual something that has no value the prophet says, you're despising me. We can ask, well, how that happens? By, by neglecting the table of the Lord. See, when Israelites, when they were leaving Egypt, God told them that you have to eat the lamb. And you have to eat the lamb with the, with the family. You have to eat the lamb ready to leave Egypt. You have to have your shoes on, you have to have your clothes on, you have to eat it fast and you have to eat it the whole lamb. Here we begin to see and in the New Testament we don't see the, the, the lamb that was sacrificed. 
we see the Lord's stable. See, the Lord's stable, it's more than just a lamb that was sacrificed. It's more. Because when, when Jesus was having a last supper with his disciples, in the midst of his disciples, there was a Lord sitting and at the same time, a lamb who was sacrificed. See, we can't have just some pieces of Jesus. No, the lamb that was represented in Egypt, they had to eat it whole. You can't just have some pieces, what you like and what you don't like. No, when it comes to Jesus and us partaking in his communion in the Lord's table, we have to eat it whole. Every time it comes to revelation of Jesus, it takes all. Why? Because every time when we choose and pick, we're not, we're not fully committed what he has to offer for us. Because every time what he offers us, he might offer a table in the midst of your enemies, but still in the midst of your enemies, you can have the fullness of him. It doesn't matter what, what surrounds you. Maybe it's a sickness, maybe enemies, whatever that is. But God might prepare a table in the midst of a situation that you were not accepting. And he says, enjoy my table. Enjoy the fullness of Christ. The Lord's table. It's no longer a lamb. It's the Lord's table. The Lordship in our, in our life. Jesus, he's not just a lamb in our life. No, Jesus is the Lord of our life. Jesus came to rule in our life. And the time we submit ourselves to him, we begin to reign in life through Christ Jesus. We reign in him only when we begin to partake fullness of Christ in our life. And it comes through our simple obedience saying, God, this is your body that was broken for me. I take this, I eat this in remembrance of you. See, Apostle Paul, when he writes Corinthians, he says, every time you eat this, every time you remember this, you proclaim the death of the Lord. Did you notice that he's not saying that you proclaim death and resurrection of the Lord? He says that you proclaim death of the Lord. Every time when, when, when his life becomes a life in you, it has to die. Jesus says, if the seed will not be dropped in the ground, and if it's not going to die, it will remain by itself. But when it dies, it will produce much fruit. When it dies. See, we don't see anything what's happening in the ground. But there's certain life begins in the, in the little seed that is ready to produce a harvest. There's life happening and nobody can explain the process of it. But there's, there's certain life that breaks through the ground and it produces harvest. And Apostle Paul says every time you do this you proclaim his death until he comes. There's going to be in our life we will always be facing our flesh. That we have to remind and say you were once crucified with Christ Jesus. And today I'm going to remind you where you belong, belong because I live and Christ lives in me. The fullness of his life in me is revealed through me. Why? Because I am partaking in his table. In his table. And this is such a Great promises that Jesus left to us. He says, every time when you eat this, every time you will remind yourself, first of all, you will remind the spiritual world, you will remind people around you, you will remind everyone. Why? Because you once dead. 
and now you are alive. And everything that goes against you, your flesh might go against you. You have the right to remind until, you, until he comes. You have the right to remind what happened to it. And you don't have to fight with it. You don't have to say, well, I will change myself. One day I will become better. No. One day it will not work for you. The, what works is us partaking in his table and reminding where our flesh belongs. Reminding every time that where it belongs. It belongs on the cross. It died with Christ and now we live with him. And this life begins in us when we partake in his table. See, Apostle Paul says in, in Corinthians, Chapter 10, verse 21. You cannot drink from the cup of the Lord and from the cup of the demons too. You cannot eat from the Lord's table and eat at the table of demons too. See, there's, there's always a fight where you're going to eat, who you're going to enjoy. And Apostle Paul says those two things you cannot do. You can't eat from the Lord's table and at the same time from the demon's table. Because we live in a time where there's so much offered to us. And every time when, when we begin to partake in a demon's table, we come into fellowship. See, when we partake in God's table, it's not just us taking a piece of uh, uh, bread and, and drinking wine. It's not just that. It's, it's having a fellowship, a communion with him. It's, it's more than just, just eating and remembering. It's, it's having communion. You don't, you don't feel it. You, don't, it. you don't feel the goosebumps, but there's a life in you begins to happen. Why? Because you are in communion with someone that overcome this world, with someone that, that accomplished the victory, with someone that gives healings, with someone that can give breakthrough, with someone that has everything for you and you have communion with him. And he says, you do this and you are in communion with me. But Apostle Paul says this, it's impossible to partake in two tables. It's impossible. Because the enemy will always offer their own table. They will offer their own table for you to partake in it and be in communion with demons. But the demons will lose power when you and I, we remember understanding and having revelation what he's done for us. And we're having communion with Jesus. It doesn't mean you need to become perfect to, to partake in his communion. No, you have to understand why are you doing this. So then you begin to change. The life of Christ begins to burst in you. And you begin to live a new life. See, some, I think the challenge that we have in, in, the, in the midst of information that we receive. Good information. Healthy information. But it's just the information. And the challenge is this, though sometimes we think the information that we know, we think that this is a revelation. But sometimes it doesn't, it doesn't change us. It doesn't give us life. 
Why? Because it's just simple information. It's information. But it's a lot different when that information becomes a revelation. And for some people, it could be just, okay, whatever. But for you, it's a revelation. For some people, they come up with different things. Oh, Jesus, you are the prophet. You are Elijah. You are this and this. But for Peter, he was Jesus Christ, the Son of God. He was Jesus Christ, the Son of God. And Jesus says this. He says, on this revelation, I will build my church. And today we know that Jesus is Lord. We know that. But sometimes it doesn't even, it doesn't even bother us. In a way, it should bother us. In a way, it should give us joy. In a way that it should. Because on this revelation, till this day, Jesus is still building his church. He's still working on his church. He's still working on you. He's still working on me. He's still working on all of us on this revelation that Jesus is Lord. And we are partaking not just in the communion. We're partaking in the Lord's table. Apostle Paul says this is the Lord's table. And when we partake in it, we become one with him. And we do this in remembrance of him. In Jesus' name. Can we all rise? I would like all the brothers to come out. Please help us. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Before we start eating the body, eating the, or drinking the, the wine, I want us to really ask the Holy Spirit. Because Jesus says to the Peter, he says, Peter, it's, it's not your flesh and blood that revealed this to, to you, that I am Jesus the Lord. It's my heavenly Father that reveals. Every revelation that we experience, it doesn't come because you read a full Bible from cover to cover. It doesn't, it doesn't come because you listen to millions of podcasts. It doesn't come that you read so many books and it might be the good stuff, but here's the thing. Revelation comes only from the Father himself through the Holy Spirit. Revelation comes only when he begins to reveal and it doesn't, everything else, the books, everything else begins, begins to fade away in the comparison of revelation that you experience with him, that you begin to experience in your communion with him. Everything begins to fade away. And some people might be reading good books, they might do this and this and they might get excited about, but you having a communion with him you experiencing the life that he promised the 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 righteousness peace and and the whole and the and the joy in the holy ghost you begin to experience why because you are in communion with him for i pass on to you what i received from the lord himself on the night 
when he was betrayed the Lord Jesus took some bread and he gave thanks to God for it then he broke it in pieces and said this is my body which is given for you do this in remembrance of me in the same way he took the cup of wine after supper saying this cup is the new covenant between God and his people an agreement confirmed with my blood do this in remembrance of me as often as you drink it for every time you eat this bread and drink this cup you are announcing the Lord's death until he comes again so anyone who eats this bread or drink this cup of the Lord unworthy is guilty of sinning against the body and the blood of the Lord see Apostle Paul warns us and the only worthy way to to approach this it's not relying on your own effort it's relying only on him it's relying only what he's accomplished for us in Jesus name can we lift our hands right now and and begin thank God for the broken body that was broken for you for the blood that was shed for you hallelujah 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 Jesus we worship you Jesus we worship you that today this morning we're not just gonna eat and drink but we're gonna be in communion with you and I thank you that the life that you promised to give us the life that you promised to experience us it's gonna be in us more than we ever seen before and right now we take this by faith and we thank you Jesus we honor you and we worship you for your broken body and for your blood in Jesus name and everybody said amen after he gave thanks he broke it and he said eat this in remembrance of me in Jesus name You were the word in the beginning, one with God the Lord most high. Your hidden glory now revealed in you are Christ. What a beautiful name. Beautiful name it is, the name of Jesus Christ, our King. What a beautiful name it is, nothing compares to this. What a beautiful name it is, the name of So Jesus, you brought heaven down. My sin was great, your love was greater.
we could close our eyes in this moment Lord I thank you so much for your presence that is here we thank you for the reality of what we get to partake in and the victory, God, that you have brought to our life. Right now as a church, we pray. As eyes are closed in this sanctuary, those that are watching us online, we pray as a church for that one individual that still has not given their life over to you. We thank you, Lord, that you came to seek out that one that is lost like that father waiting for his prodigal son to return. Lord, you care. You care about every single individual that might be lost, that is not home, that does not know where they should be or who they are. We thank you, Lord, right now. We pray as a church that that one would be found this morning. Any person right now that hears me or is watching us online, that if they don't know you, Lord, if they are still stuck, if they are still dead in their sin, if they have not surrendered their life over to you, we intercede for them right now. We pray, Father, that you would find that one, that they would open their heart to you, just like that son in the pig's pen, that he would realize that where he is now, he cannot get himself out of. He needs to come to you. He needs to return to you. And we thank you, Holy Spirit, that one of the things that you do is bring conviction to the sinner. You bring conviction to the individual to help them realize that they are not where they should be, that the sin in their life has separated them from God, that they need to turn to you in faith. And we pray right now, Holy Spirit, that you would do your work here in Jesus' mighty name, that you would bring conviction to the sin that might be separating any person from your presence. We thank you, Lord, so much that that sin you took upon yourself and you bore it on the cross that every person would have a right to come to you in confession and faith and receive forgiveness of that sin and be made right with you. And we pray that peace right now, that that peace to be made right with you would happen in this moment in Jesus' mighty name. In Jesus' mighty name. If you're here right, if you're here right now, we want to give you this opportunity as the church is praying. The church is here. 
for that one individual, one more person who is lost to be found, one more soul to be saved. The Bible even says that all of heaven begins to celebrate when just one more is found and brought home into God's, into God's house. And we thank you, Lord, so much for that one more person right now. We want to give you this opportunity if you're here and you're that one individual. Maybe it's been an ongoing battle with sin. Maybe you've never given your life over to him. And today we want to give you this opportunity. This is a holy moment. This is a holy moment. And we thank you, Lord, so much for what you're doing right now in this place. I want to ask every individual that's already saved, that's surrendered their life, if you could just pray. Pray right under your tongue. Pray right where you are. If it's quiet or loud, it does not matter. But I just want you to pray. We thank you, Lord, so much. You, you are the one that saves. You are the one that forgives. You are the one that gives new life. And we pray if it's just one individual today that this would take place right now. In Jesus' name, would you draw, Lord? Would you draw, Lord? Would you convict Holy Spirit? We thank you for your presence here, Lord. Let's begin to pray together for those that responded right now. Maybe you're still sitting in your seat. Maybe you've already given your life to Jesus but there's an ongoing sin in your life. There's something that's continuing to hold you in the same place. What we heard this morning, Pastor Slavic share about that abundant life beginning to flow through you and you're not experiencing that abundant life because there's a sin or an area in your life that's continuing to cause you to stumble. Right now, as we pray for those that responded, I also pray for you. I pray for you that that thing would be broken in Jesus' mighty name. You can even maybe nudge your neighbor to ask for prayer but that sin does not belong in your life. There is so much more that God has promised for you to walk in, and we believe for you to receive it today before you leave here. Father, right now we pray 
We pray for those that responded. We pray for those that might be still in their seat. But sin is an issue in their life. There's something that continues to make them stumble and stay in the same place. And we thank you that you, God, through your victory, broke the power of sin in Jesus' mighty name. You broke the power of sin. Sin lost its power. We pray right now for these individuals. We pray for those watching us online. And we thank you, Lord, so much for your victory in Jesus' mighty name. We thank you, Lord, so much for what you have done. We thank you so much, Jesus, that sin lost its power in our life, that we don't have to stay in the same place. But you have done everything, Lord, for us to be set free in Jesus' mighty name. Right now, we thank you, Lord. We thank you, Lord, for what you're doing. We thank you, Lord, for your victory on the cross in Jesus' mighty name. Come on, let's begin to sing right now as we continue to pray. Hallelujah. Hallelujah, Lord. You silence the bones of sin and grave. The heavens are roaring, the praise of your glory. For you are raised to life again. You have no right. We also want to pray if you're in need of physical healing in your body, whether it's been an ongoing problem or something that maybe happened in this season, but if you need healing in your body, can you raise your hand in this place? And as a church, we're going to begin to pray. 
they can raise their hand. If you see a hand lifted up, if you see a hand lifted up, can you please attend to them right now? Come to them, ask them, ask them what they need prayer for. And right now as a church, let's begin to pray and let's believe for their healing. Communion today that we talk, partook in testifies also for our healing. That blood that was shed for us was not only for, our, for the forgiveness of our sins, but it also is also for our healing. That every stripe on Jesus' body, every single hit that he took, every single thing that he endured was also for our healing. Right now, let's believe as a church for every individual who needs healing right now. In Jesus' name, if you see, if you see people praying for someone, just stretch your hand out toward them and let's begin to pray right now as a church. We thank you, Lord, right now. We thank you, Lord, right now for your healing power touching every individual that's in need of it. In Jesus' mighty name. In Jesus' mighty name. In Jesus' mighty name. Yeah, Father, we just, we thank you for the stripes that happened, God, on Calvary. We thank you, God, that the promise of healing is us because you are the healer. God, you don't just do patch up work, God. You are able to heal, restore. So right now, Lord, we speak healing to every physical need in this body, in this house, God. Whether watching us online, Lord, we speak that everything would normalize and come back to normal, God. Every healing belongs to us, Lord, and we speak to every sickness that you, we curse every sickness, and we speak that the blood of Jesus runs through our veins. The blood of Jesus runs through our veins. Therefore, we are healed because he calls us healed. Just one touch from you, God, just one word from you can heal and put us back together in normal God. So right now we just pray for every person who is fighting cancer, who is fighting leukemia, who is fighting any kind of pain in their body. Lord, I even speak to infertility. We curse that in the name of Jesus. We speak, Lord, healing into their bodies. We speak healing into their bodies from the top of the feet top of the head to the soles of the feet, Jesus. We speak your healing and we thank you that you are the ultimate healer. You are the ultimate provider, Jesus. That's a promise from you. In Jesus' name.
just now as we were praying, we have somebody that came up to us and asked if the church can pray. It's her cousin's kid. His name is Abedin. He's nine years old. He has leukemia, and the family's praying for him. They're going to be doing a blood transfusion soon. But we, we believe that no matter what it is, God can heal it. God can heal it. We've seen, we've seen so many people die because of cancer, but we also have those who have been healed from it. And we're going to believe. We're going to believe that God's going to touch this little boy. He's nine years old. He still has a long life ahead of him. And many things I believe that God wants to do through his life. So right now as a church, I'd ask you, let's just begin to pray. Sometimes when we hear that kind of need, it seems like so much bigger than our God. But we have to believe that there is nothing bigger than him. There is nothing greater. The antidote of his blood is stronger than any form of disease. Leukemia has to wither when the blood of Jesus touches that, bo touches that body. Let's begin to believe right now in Jesus' mighty name. Lord, we thank you so much for this little boy who's nine years old. And I thank you for the life that's still ahead of him. That there are still so many things, God, that he has yet to experience and to see. And so much that you are yet to do through his life. And right now, God, we pray where the doctors think, God, there is nothing that they can do or there is no way out. We thank you, God, that there is always a way with you. Jesus, we thank you that you are the way, the truth, and the life. And we speak your name and your power right now to touch this boy in Jesus' mighty name. Let every, let every cell of cancer, let every form of leukemia right now wither in his body. We thank you so much, Lord, for your healing power touching him. As your church, Lord, we believe. We believe in his healing. We believe in him, God, being totally restored. And we bless Abedin in Jesus' mighty name. We thank you, God, so much. At the, at the next time they begin to do tests to see the level of cancer in his body, let there be none in Jesus' mighty name. Let there be nothing found in his body that is any form of cancer. We thank you for the power of what you've done, Lord. And we bless this boy in Jesus' mighty name. We bless this boy in Jesus' mighty name. We thank you, Lord. We thank you, Lord. We thank you, Lord. We thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Come on, let's give God a mighty shout. We thank you, Lord.